Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Noodling with Josh. My name is Josh, your host with the most noodle. No, well, whatever, we're sticking with it. We don't do redos in this podcast, although we probably should. The quality might go up. Hmm, I'll have to think about that. Anywho, today's podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. No, I'm kidding. As always, it's brought to you by Dean's French Onion Dip. Please send me some more. Our guest today is the wonderfully talented and wonderfully verbose, long-winded, and incredible Joe Waisaki. Joe is a friend of mine who I met at an event I did with the Awkward Yeti, uh, Shen Comics, and... Uh, Sarah Scribbles back in November we um, set up shop downtown Ann Arbor at a bar and we sold merch and did autographs and it was it's actually a really good time um, she was one of the few who I spotted uh, who's also incredibly artistic and uh, really just a wonderful drawer we uh, had an awesome connection then and we became great and very quick friends afterwards um, we've since we played D&D together. We found out that her high school English teacher was my grandmother. Tons of tiny connections. But then again, the state of Michigan is not that big. So if you dig deep enough, you're going to find some ties to your own family. Always. Anywho, it was an awesome episode. It was an awesome interview. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. One of most likely many. But... Before we get to that, I could say the magic words. Hit the theme. Moved out of Michigan. Got a job in the city of sin. White collar boy with the beard of joy. Hits record and lets you in. Gotta take a drink if you get interrupted. Don't forget that onion dip. Retreat the show so his feet can stay off the ground. Sit back and relax. Take the conversation to the max. Josh is new then around. Around. Josh is new to land. Around. Josh is. It's new to land with Josh. Dean's French onion dip. Dean's French onion dip. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Noodling with Josh, season two, well, really nothing but my view has changed. So nothing has changed for you guys, you still get the same great awesome interview with a wonderful guest where we play a sometimes drinking game and uh use safe words yay <laughs> and that is the that voice you're hearing is the voice of today's very special guest joe Oisaki. hello hey joe how you doing i'm doing well how are you josh i'm doing okay ready to noodle ready to noodle so for those who are just tuning in for the first time and um I really should just say that every single time because everyone who comes on promotes their own podcast and, you know, really the point of Noodling with Josh is for you to tell your story. Yeah? Right. Yeah. 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 I'm 
to tell my story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said yeah six times. Uh, but really, the the point of the, the episode is to interview some of my amazing, awesome friends. And um, and then they get to share it and be on a podcast. Cool. Have you ever done a podcast before? I have not. Really? Have you ever listened to podcasts? I've listened to podcasts, okay. but still I'm very... Do you very... have a favorite besides Noodling? I, I don't really listen to them much, but I have listened to besides them. Besides Noodling? I mean... Of course. I don't even know. God aside from... Why did I invite aside you? From you're not the, my biggest fan. You're like the only one I listen to. Okay, there you go. That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm trying literally to say here. I haven't listened to any other podcasts. That was the right answer that I wrote down and put a note and handed it to you. Oh, of course, yes. That didn't happen. <laughs> Anywho, Joe, thank you so much for coming. I uh, only have three rules okay. at uh, Bitch Hollow Studios. <laughs> it used to be Alcoa Ave studios because that's mm -hmm. where I used to live but now I live on Birch Hollow uh, which the abbreviation the mailman told me is Bitch Hollow Bitch Hollow Bitch Hollow Drive Bitch Hollow uh, Drive so Bitch Hollow Drive Bitch Hollow Studios B-H-S uh, anyways there's only three rules in the awesome massive state of the art soundstage it's gorgeous by the way isn't it nice mm -hmm. totally redid the whole thing very you thank you thank you <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, it, it's really every one of my studios is like you're sitting inside my brain. Just like look around and you can see a different aspect of. That seems like an accurate dis description. Yeah. So if you're, I mean, I don't tell story, you know, I don't tell my stories very often. Well, I shouldn't say that. I do all the time. <laughs> but this is a really, this is a good shorthand into seeing what my brain looks like. It's coming to visit Birch Hollow Studios. Um, anyways, three rules. First rule, if we're interrupted, we're going to take a shot. Yep. Easy squeezy. You're not going to drive, right? Not until enough time has passed. Perfect. Correct answer. Don't drink and drive. No. Don't smoke and drive. Don't smoke. Don't. Well, <laughs> we, we, we differ. There, I don't but, smoke. Don't, but don't smoke and drive. Don't put stuff up your butt and drive. Wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> don't snort stuff and drive. Nope. Don't do heroin and drive. You should probably just not do heroin at all. It's probably the, for the best. Yeah, we're, I, I have a list of um, PSAs that I have to cover. Ah, yes. Because that's the only way I get to keep my explicit rating. Fair enough. No, I'm kidding. I'm just going to that up. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would love to do a whole series where I just do like really, really roundabout PSAs. Will you be on that for me? Do my best. You're going to be on the episode called Don't Get Addicted to Critten. And that's gonna all be about D and D and roll and die. Oh, and I see. How it can yeah. take over your life? It's a yeah. the titles are work in progress. It's a gateway tabletop game. It is. It is a gateway game, and uh, I'm gonna roll right now to see how this podcast is gonna go. Oh boy. Well, it's a thirteen. Not uh, bad. That's that's, that's pretty not bad. It's decent. That's not bad. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead roll. and add my acrobatic proficiency, so it's a twenty-three. Okay. Sweet. Sounds good. It's gonna be great. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so when we're interrupted, we have to take a shot. Okay. Our safe word of the day, of every day, of every single podcast until I get sued. <laughs> Dean's French onion dip. <laughs> oh yeah, are you a fan? I I mean, can't say I've I've tried it. Get out. Okay, that's the end of this episode. That was easy. It's only <laughs> three minutes long. Goodbye, everybody, and thanks for tuning. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I just ate the rest of mine yesterday because mm. we're going on a trip, and we really can't leave it no. open and out. No. It, it's it's a lactose-filled dairy treat. So 
Yeah. It has a it has a timer on it. Anyhow. 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 Our safe word for forever is Dean's French onion dip. Hopefully at some point we use it enough that Dean's makes me their spokesperson. <laughs> I, I don't really have an end game here. Um, we also have never had a podcast where someone has used the safe word. So it's not working so far. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, everyone I bring on, I try not to ask questions that are going to make you embarrassed. Mm-hmm. It's your story. I mean, yeah. you're the one telling it. You're gonna that's, be that's a considerate thing to do when you're yeah. a host. Yeah. So we have a safe word that's never been used, which is the best kind of safe word. Yeah, I guess so. When you really think about it. It's that that things never got too much out of yeah. hand that they, it needed to be Or you just never used. needed it. Yeah. So a good safe word is one that's never used. You're welcome, Dean. <laughs> yeah, I think they should actually pay me and dip to get me to stop <laughs> yeah. using it and saying it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, third episode. This episode's about you. It's about you. One day well, there'll be an episode about me once I find a way to clone myself so I can interview myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, this episode's about you, so you have to share your episode. I'll give you a link at the end of this and... You have to share it far and wide. I shall. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Well, Joe, you are a uh, Michigan native. I am. Michigander. That is easily one of the weirdest. Nevada, Nevadans, Ohio, stupid. Michigan. (laughs) New Yorkers. Yeah, yeah, New Yorkers. But like You don't put an E-R-S on the S. Yeah, Michiganders. There's there's also... Uh, is it a goose a few, joke that I'm just not getting? I mean, kind of. Uh, there's a debate whether it's Michiganders or, like, Michiganians or... There's just no, no good no. name. So there's I think no, yeah. Michiganders at least rolls out, off your tongue easier. Just What was the other one? Michiganians? 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 No, I don't like that. Michiganders. Michiganders. That was not as popular, but some people have used it, and it just just doesn't sound good coming out yeah. so it's just like michigander keep it simple it's like talk about the next gay yeah and okay. and we're we're in a place where it's like canadian geese come down and they just they never fly any further south they just they're they're go away it's just there's a short time of the year where there aren't geese everywhere <laughs> you have a problem with geese or what's going on you really no, have a I lot mean, of anger I, I just, just I, you literally, I, I saw like a Vietnam flashback <laughs> behind your eyes that had it's something to do with geese. Partially because I lived in an apartment complex once where they were everywhere and sure. goose poop was everywhere. Sure. It is very hard to walk, even on the sidewalk, without, like, you just had to be very c- conscious of where you were walking. Because what's funny, too, is that goose poop doesn't look unlike, like, aerated soil. And I know for any, you know, Born and raised Nevadans, that's not going to make a whole lot of sense. But, <laughs> like, you um, aerate your soil by digging little holes into it and letting mm-hmm. you know, nitrogen and oxygen or whatever get into the soil. Right. So, like, when you do that, you have little, like, chunks of soil that yes. come up. And they're the exact same size, consistency, and look as deer shit. Or, no, no, goose shit. <laughs> so, like, it, it's it's literally, it's so confusing. I'm just like, they either just did their lawn or they had a massive flock of geese that just came and pooped everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's so much it's a really water weird and lakes all over about. Michigan that yeah. they just they love the state, I guess. I don't know what it's like in other states, but I feel like they just gravitate to Michigan at least on this side of the country. Yeah. And uh which which of the states is the land of a thousand lakes? 
That's Minnesota. Because I think Michigan is literally the state of a thousand lakes. I would like to have a lake count off between now, the states of Michigan <laughs> and Minnesota because they also tried recently to do like the mitten thing. Oh, that was so Wisconsin. did Wisconsin. No, no, yeah. Minnesota did it too. They're like, oh, we Minnesota, look like a glove. No, no. Like, it's... I'll take the deformed flipper of Wisconsin <laughs> over this claw hand Minnesota state. The, so, way, the way I always see. Really, really quick. Yeah. For our audience that's not from Michigan, the state looks like a goddamn glove so it's you know you use your left hand america's high five yeah yeah god you know pushed his way off <laughs> i don't know that's stupid um so if you look at michigan on a map it looks like your left hand outstretched and mm. most michiganders know um in order to give someone directions you just draw on your hand yeah you can either look at the inside of your right hand or the outside of your left hand yeah as and a reference point to I oh here, i've got a cabin way up here way, and by my knuckle and then you draw um, your knuckle on your like your pointer finger and oh okay that's oscoda <laughs> or if you're on your pinky, they're probably talking about Traverse City. Yeah. Or if you're, you know. So there have been other states that have tried to do this stupid, like, we're also a mitten. We're the other mitten. No. No. Just no. No. We were talking about geese, though. What's you're, that? You were talking oh, the about geese. Your... Uh, yeah, so it was just there was so many of them. And, you know, I wanted to, a lot of times I would try to walk to the little fitness center that yeah. the apartment complex had. Uh-huh. And I just had to be... And I never wanted to wear flip-flops just because there's too much of a risk. It was just like, mm. eh, I don't have anything against geese particularly, but it's just they're not my favorite. They're dicks. And they're everywhere, especially they're, they're certain dicks. times of year. You're allowed to say it. They're dicks. Geese are dicks. Mm-hmm. They literally, they're territorial for no reason. And um, they suck. Too bad they don't taste good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do they taste good? I've never had geese. Anyone listening? Uh, and we if do have Canadian that Canadian geese versus other geese, I don't know. Is that like Canadian ham? Don't. It's just bacon. Or something to noodle about, Josh. Mm. <laughs> it's called noodling, not bacon. Bacon and I don't know. That was dumb. I shouldn't have said it. Anywho. <laughs> do we do. Oh, you want to yeah. talk about Went it? through the rules. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're already 11 minutes in. And you're you're doing great because you're you're nervous about being on the podcast a little bit. And I'll be totally honest, I was super rusty when I was uh, recording yesterday, and I probably shouldn't take a break again because it had been a long time since I've done any type of recording. Mm. And yeah, I just I'm yeah, it was. You're doing great. Cool. I know. I'm doing substandard comparatively. Well, we'll get better. Beginner's luck. Yeah. High five. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, one of my favorite things about you, and it's weird to say that because I'm like near, like, I'm not, you know, singling you down to one thing about you, but Mm. my favorite thing about Joanna is you're an incredible artist. You're an incredible artist. You're, uh, you know, a a storyboardist, storyboarder. I don't know which one's right. I think it's border. Storyboarder. Yeah. Storyboarder extraordinaire. Yeah. 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 I'm working on yeah. it. <laughs> oh, she's so humble. She's actually blushing into the microphone. Do you guys hear that? <laughs> Sounds like a fan. Oh, that's a fan. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're an incredible artist. You, uh, if you're on Instagram, check out the hashtag JLWDoodles. Mm-hmm. Perfect. JLW. Yes. Doodles. J is in Joanna. L. As in my middle initial. As in her middle initial. Llama. Her middle, her middle, her middle name is Llama. Uh, and then, yeah, W.Y. Saki. So, JLW Doodles. Uh, check it out on Instagram. Like it all. 
Um, but we're so we're actually doing a drawing project while we're talking today. I have forever wanted to be a late night host. I think I, I probably told you that randomly. Um, it's what I wish this podcast would turn into. So who knows? Maybe one day we'll be on a couch in front of a camera instead of on a couch with microphones. Mm-hmm. You in? You gonna come draw on camera? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Totally. I'll, I'll keep working on it. I'm coming for you, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm always really, really jealous of their sets. I mean, this soundstage looks wonderful and it's state of the art and it's beautiful. I mean, come on, right? For all those at home, it's a beautiful studio. Yeah. It just seems so like like a natural place to be and then you forget oh, there's a whole audience that's also just sitting there watching them. You don't even think about it as... This big space. Talking about mine. You're not. Oh, I thought you were still talking about. No, no. For those uh, listening at home, I don't have a giant audience watching a stock right now. I wish I did. That would be great. I thought that you were talking about. That's what you wish you had. I well, yes, I absolutely it wish is. I had. But uh, no, I mean this studio looks good, right? I like it <laughs> for what it is. Rude, but I'm gonna skip past it. Um, I, I'm, I'm always jealous of those late night audience like in their sets, particularly like their backdrops. Mm-hmm. You know, like the big like cityscape or a the bay, bay with a yeah. moon. Yeah, yeah, Conan. Um, so I'm gonna utilize your abilities, and we are gonna uh, both draw one panel of a cityscape and smush them together, and see what I'm already looking at yours right now, and it's gonna be so much better than mine. Um, <laughs> so we both drew a connecting line on our papers. The art can go above or below it, however we want to do it. They're just like the two pieces of paper are going to connect at this line. And we'll take a photo of it when we're done. But, uh, yeah, how did you get into to art and drawing? Was this just something that you were good at? Because I remember being a kid and trying to doodle in the corner of my notebook. I was never good. Oh. Like, and I did it for first through college and it <laughs> never got better <laughs> um well it's interesting because generally just starting out in like preschool kindergarten and yeah. we're all drawing yet mine looks like i don't know like a first grader level drawing compared to other preschoolers uh-huh. i guess i can't i don't you, have a lot of my oldest stuff to look back on but what's the what is the oldest thing you have I don't know what became of it lately, but yeah. for a while, my mom had one of my better looking finger paintings. Okay. Like she framed it and it mm. was like just, a, it was a snail. It was a very, very yeah. simple thing. But when you looked at my classmates, it's like hers is a comprehensive image of something that exists, yeah. not just splotches of color. Um, and I just, I just thought that was cool that in high school, I'd be like, oh yeah, I have this framed photo of finger painting i did in kindergarten that's amazing and it it <laughs> i i apologize for who doesn't know what's happening on my desk right now <laughs> um when i was in las vegas my wonderful uh roommate had a uh, a dog who was our executive producer robbie robertson and now that i'm in michigan i have a cat a giant maine coon named oliver queen mctavish a big 28 pounder and he's currently got his butthole uh, in my face, on my desk, trying to get my attention. And I um, believe that is a... Pr- he just pr- melted onto your keyboard. Li- yeah. Uh, well, not even my keyboard. I'm not going to be able to draw. Oh, you're drawing. on my oh. sketch pad. So uh, I actually had these pre-poured, so we don't have to even take a break. All right. So the first shot of season two. 
Cheers. Thank you, uh, Ollie, for the distraction. Uh, really quick, before you have, have you ever had Fernet? No. Ever. Not that I know of. Okay. Um, I have emergency cranberry juice behind me. Okay. As uh, I, I don't think you need a chaser. It smells intense. It is the herbal cousin to Jaeger. That in seems sense, like an accurate description. Yeah. To it. Where it's, just on smell. Yeah. <laughs> I Not a big Jaeger oh, person, but I don't. Boy, I'm okay with it. I love for especially this stuff with like you know like that Mexican cola that comes in a bottle. Oh you yeah. Get like this plus that and a lime, wonderful. Huh. Really, really good. It's a, like a tastier Cuba Libre. Um, so this stuff, I have to request you do not judge it for the first minute after you've shot it. Drink it, think about it, hate it, but in a minute you're gonna love it. Okay. Okay. Cheers. Season two. Ooh. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right in my nose. Yep. Doesn't matter how much I love it. <laughs> Every time it feels like there's something in my brain. The <laughs> uh, processing. Yeah, you got it. I told you, you got to give it a minute. <laughs> so, while you're processing... Mm. Um, Fernet is super oh. herbally, and it tastes like that. Yeah. <laughs> a full-body shiver. It tastes like the equivalent of a full-body shiver. Um, however, it's actually kind of good for you. Interesting. In the sense that it's more herbs than it is random chemicals. Okay. Plus, it's an aperitif, and it makes your stomach feel a lot better if it's upset. I was at a uh, very, very greasy bar in chicago uh getting some awesome bar food and like literally five minutes in i was like Oop, i'm gonna die mm-hmm. like is it was that kind of food oh dear and the bartender noticed and she gave me a, a like a double of fernet and she goes this will fix it and i said i don't think getting drunk will help what's about to happen and she goes no 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 seriously so you know i always take strangers advice and i <laughs> shot it back and it really did. It literally cleared up my stomach. Like I it was fine. Wow. So it's it's like a bo- it's like a boozy Pepto Bismol made out of plants. You know you know the Michigan I mean you're from Michigan. Yeah. So you know the, the traditional when you Verners. Verners. Yeah. Is if you have the, the upset best stomach. ginger ale. Yeah. The best. Literally the best. And I, I have to say, it's not even my favorite Michigan soda, but it's one of those that like is requested requested the most mm-hmm. whenever i like go back to you know las vegas or i go visit any of my michigander friends who are elsewhere mm-hmm. i always ask for verners right yeah i'm more of a rock and ride kind of guy yep fago is the way to go Fa- oh boy is that one of their taglines i have no idea i just said that you oh fago is the way to go bow bow that was Thank great you. that was great hey fago let me know if you want to use that. Yeah. I said it first. Uh, if, <laughs> I, I mean, I might have said it first. You probably did. Probably not. I feel like I there's think you been enough that, people in the world that everything we could have ever imagined saying has probably been said at one point. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about, I was literally sitting in the pool and I was just like, if I die tomorrow, what saying of mine would people quote? What, like, what would be like the one, like. You know, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Like, what, like, there's so many good one-liners. Like, 
and, and then I and even... then like I I look at like Abraham Lincoln or Napoleon and then like their quotes they're just normal saying they're just like anyone right. could have said that before them but it was quoted to them so I'm thinking about it I'm just like what's something that hasn't been quoted yet that I could be quoted as saying that could be my quote literally everything in the world's been taken <laughs> I, I would google a random like you know what I'd think to be yeah like an awesome thought Nope, said by. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. All right, yeah, I sorry. mean, most of most of the quotes I like to use are ones that I've heard, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not trying to come up with anything original, but I'm just trying to go with like reinforce what what I think is a good thing to to follow. Yeah, no, I get that. So, like, uh, like one I use is uh, like don't don't complain about things you're not actively trying to change. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's heard that. Yeah, I mean, just. It's one of my favorite things that helps me remember that, like, don't mind about your job if you're not looking for other jobs. Yeah, like, if, if you're not trying if to If you don't hate it, you, if you hate it that much, why, why? aren't you doing anything to, <laughs> to move to something else? Yeah. You, you sound like you had a good quote for me, though. So if I died, what would be my quote that was repeated out? Oh, I don't even, I don't know. It's hard to think about right now on the spot. Noodle, noodle on it. Noodle on it and we'll come back to you. Uh, so we were going to try to do the sketching thing, and you, you still can, but... Um, <laughs> Ollie but just looks so comfortable. He's literally laying across my entire desk, sitting on all my stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. right. We're talking yep. about and you. And he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? What? Oh, it's your first. All right, weirdo. This, this is my kingdom. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. He <laughs> is not wrong. So let's go back to art. You were drawing at a first grade level in preschool... And I'm assuming it just expen- like exponentially got better from there. Yeah. When did you, as like, when did you know that you were an artist? When was this like, oh, I'm better at this than everyone? Or like, it was when- mainly because most people told me that, like, wow, you're really good at this, and I would just, I'd have to take their word for it because I had to see much about, else. What do you think about your art? Do you, do you think you're good? I think I'm good. Um, it's really one of my favorite things. Well, it's not my favorite thing, but it's very interesting to me every time. If I find a box of my old drawings, yeah. like notebooks from middle school, sure. and I open up and I look at that, which and I've I been thought, in, I've been in your place and you have a ton. Oh, I have so much. So um, okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, but I, I'll find one from middle school, and I, at the time when I was drawing it, people were like, "Wow, that's really good," because other middle schoolers are looking at it, comparing it to what they can. What do. they can do, okay. And I look at it and go, "I mean, it's okay," but to see how much I've grown as an yeah. artist that sometimes when I and there are times where I draw and I'm like that's eh, so so but when I look at a drawing that I got like I just delved into and I finished it or at least stopped at a certain point yeah lately I find myself with this drawing that I'm like just so proud of that I did in like a short amount of time yeah I'll just like prop it up near my bed okay and just yeah. go to sleep like just staring at it just- going I did that today Look at what I did today, so, and I'm so pleased about it. And I feel like that's the thing about being an artist that I am envious about the most. I envy the ability to have a thought in your brain and then have it be able to appear in front of you on paper. Yeah, it's it's those drawings that it's when what was in my head yeah. actually showed up on the paper. Because yeah. a lot of times what you want to go for, you... You, you have that struggle like of trying short. to, yeah, it falls short. Like yeah. it's like a, like an eighty-five percent 
of what you initially intended to try to pull off. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you still killed it. Yeah, and it's just very cool. Like, And sometimes if it all goes wrong, like the fact that I can... The idea is still there. Yeah. And I could just take another crack at it. Yeah. If I want. So. That's the... That's... I mean, I've said this a couple different times, but that's really one of my biggest motivations for continuing this podcast is... <laughs> I have way too many ideas. And <laughs> yeah. I don't have the ability to put them on the paper. Yeah. In the the way that like I see them in my head. So I'll just talk instead. Yeah. I mean sometimes it'll it'll just sort of start coming out naturally. Like yeah. if I have an idea, I could start sketching and sometimes I don't draw with something in mind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just start drawing and it just sort of changes direction yeah. halfway through and it ends up being something I not I didn't set out to draw, but sure. I was like, Oh well, Look what happened. Okay. Um, All right. But I've had a lot of people tell me, like, throughout the years of from elementary to high school, is that, like, oh, I wish I could draw. Like, I wish I could draw. It's a very, very common phrase yeah. you hear. Oh, yeah. When I you wish can I could draw. draw. Yeah. And, and I think about it. I remember thinking to myself in, like, fifth grade or something that if I could choose between being artistically inclined versus athletically inclined, yeah. I'd be like, no, I'm good with the art. I yeah. wish I was better at sports, but... I'm okay not being good at sports. I mean, at least until the nuclear holocaust and zombie apocalypse starts, I would choose art over athletics every time. <laughs> well, until Right then. now, it's a great life choice and a great business decision. <laughs> In 10 years, when we're trying to fight off zombies, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what I would do if the zombie apocalypse came. I have some ideas, but I'd... I'd to be... Purely honest with myself, I don't think I would be one of those that survive through the end of. You don't think so? No. No. I, I might. I might hang in there for a while, but probably because I bunkered down, and I would probably just, you know, f- until I ran out of supplies and food, and it's like, well, that's it for me. <laughs> would you? I would not be a fighter. to, okay. to, to say would, that. Would you just wander out and get eaten, or would you like? Do you think you'd I would, starve? I would rather starve than get mauled. Brutally mauled to death. Yeah, yeah I no, would okay. love to, I'd love That's to be in a, a happy little comfy, comfy place that I'm just like, I wish I had food, but I'm not going out there to find any, so. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye, world. <laughs> I'll just draw, and then people will find it 100 years later and go, wow. Look what she did until the that moment might, of her death. That might have to be my... Se- so I used to ask a question, <laughs> and uh, I didn't do it every time because I would always forget, and I ended up writing it down. But I used to ask um, the, the question... What would you throw into a volcano? Oh. If you could. What would I throw into a volcano? You'd like, you'd like to lift a personal curse, you know, as a piece of like... Oh, like, anyways, so, like feelings or thoughts I have, yeah. not even a, an item. Yeah, um, so, so, or, or can we know? So I used to ask that question a bunch, but I think this, I might, this season I might have to ask, how long do you realistically think you would survive in a zombie yeah. apocalypse? I guess a interesting uh, an important factor to consider is what kind of zombies are we talking 100%. about so in this case and i'll switch it up for whoever comes but in this case we're talking the georgie romero slow lumbering dumb but they can smell okay blood and flesh zombies hmm. so they're slow they're the, the burr. if they're the slow lumbering that Shaun of the Dead style zombies. Yeah, where they kind of start to move a little faster if they smell something, sure. but not too fast. Yeah. Um, I think I would last a lot longer. Okay. Uh, then like then like the twenty eight days later, oh like gosh. sprinting cheetah zombies. Yeah, I'm not one for like horror movies, but I did see that one and surprisingly liked it 
fairly yeah, well for what good. it was. Um, but it was like I was like eleven when I saw it, and to me, I was like, "This is scary." But yeah, it was also kind of like, "Huh," you know. I I like sometimes zombies are a little over overplayed, but it always oh, yeah. is a nice prompt to be like, "How would society shift to this? Would they just fall apart?" And then if it's been this way for a while. What kind of life do people have? If yeah, it's just the norm. I, I like really, Walking Dead presents us. I really, th- I really like Walking Dead. And I, I, let me back up. I don't really enjoy the show. It's, it's fine. Okay. It's it, that's you know my unpopular opinion for the day. Walking Dead is just okay. I love, love, love the premise. Mm-hmm. I love the thought of the zombie attack has already happened. Those are they're just a point of they're now part of your daily life. Mm-hmm. What would happen next? I love that. I right. love, love, love if that. If we can that, get to that, that point when the panic has kind of settled down and now yeah. everyone's just like prepared constantly for any curve. I, yeah. And I shouldn't say I don't like the Well, the, the Walking Dead is great. It's a global phenomenon. Everyone loves it. I, I just, haven't seen eh, much of eh, it. Eh, yeah. Um, anywho, so you think you would last until your food ran out? Um. I guess it also depends if I was by myself or with a group of people. Would you would you leave your house to go find a group of people? Um. Well, I don't know. Uh, if it's on CNN, you're seeing it everywhere. Your yeah. neighbors or you're hearing gunshots. If I and can screams. still get in touch with people and know where they are, and it's just a matter of trying Cell to get to them. Cell phones are down. Cell phones are down. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I know that my first move, if I was left with like, if I couldn't correspond with anyone yeah. and i just wanted to get somewhere safer than where i currently was yep. and i had the means to because uh-huh. i know roads they can get jammed up it's hard to get Never far know. but it would be worth a shot i think at least to make it out to my cabin okay because i feel like the further you are from a city and with michigan you get a yeah. lot of wide open yeah. farmland where you know and i have up north uh, michigan we've got uh, 40 acres of our property so I mean, we're not necessarily a, a gun-owning family, but uh, in in the woods, I feel like I'd be a little bit safer because if the random one did come by, it would be such an open, empty area that you, you would you'd see it coming. I would it see coming. it coming. Yeah. I would yeah, yeah, be yeah. able to reinforce it, and it wouldn't come all the way out to the middle of the woods to look for me. It would it would be smart to go find a small town like that and mm-hmm. like put up a border. Yeah. But like really quick, you know, put up walls. Take out everyone who's infected, and then, yeah, yeah, I get that. And that if anybody, yeah, and then, and there would also be a slight risk of anyone that's trying to look for shelter out in the woods who oh, yeah. wasn't a, you know who wasn't yeah. a zombie would be like, oh look, there's this cabin, and they wouldn't know if it's occupied or not, and you don't want to make it obvious it's occupied. Yeah, but you don't want somebody coming and going. This is our cabin. This now. is our cabin. Now. Is, yeah. You know, but uh, I think that would be because my parents live in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I live in. Ypsilanti right now, and yeah. I'm thinking if I could get to my cabin, I would at least make a shot for it. Yeah, it makes sense. If not, maybe go for uh, Kensington. Okay. And get in the water and swim yeah. over to the island. Yeah. A- something. Just, just go to a. Oh, I like that idea. Drown uh, yourself yeah. in water. Yes, water. I, I doubt zombies are are known for being able to swim so much. Well, it really depends on which zombie. It depends on because the Because if I say George A. Romero, he has had movies. Where the zombies don't need air, so they just walk underwater. Right. And then they can walk from one coast to another. So right. an island, you wouldn't be safe. Because they would see food, and they would just continue walking towards it. And they would, right. Uh, I yeah. guess it depends on the water below. If it, you know, drops way down. If they There's would be able to come back up the incline. Yeah. Or who knows. 
it's a fun theory to talk about. It's one okay. of those like, if you won the lottery what? sort of things. Oh yeah, but this one is a lot more uh, violent. Yes. There's actually a really good subreddit. I'm not sure if you're on Reddit, but uh, if I won the lottery, it's a very entertaining subreddit of people who would just like, I would buy this, I would do that, and then like posting what they would do if they won the lottery. It's it's fun. Like when you're Ton younger and you and you're like you know in high school and you're like yeah yeah what would I do? Yeah. Versus. And I've seen this written down somewhere of, of people more of our generation. They're like, oh, man, if I won the lottery, what would I do? I would, well, I'd pay off my student loans and oh, I'd I buy know, right? a nice house. Like, it's nothing extravagant. It's things that you want to do that is a normal thing to do. But well, speak you're just for yourself. Mine is to. ridiculously well, extravagant. I think you're, I think on average, though, like, I don't have student loans, which is a miracle. I, I am totally done with mine, wonderfully enough. Nice. Yeah. So I I'm good for now. Oh, I've already screwed up this. I've already screwed up this drawing. That's what the beauty of the eraser is. Oh man, that's I, why I like pencils and erasers. So don't d don't make fun of me. Have, have I showed you these pencils? Have I shown you these pencils? I so, think so. Um, I walked into the store, Dixon Ticonderoga number two. Mm -hmm. Always my same. It's the, I like the good feeling. I love the way that you know the the lead feels or graphite feels mm -hmm. um i grabbed them i saw ticonderoga i just grabbed them and i walked out and it wasn't until i got home that i pulled out these goddamn pencils and for those at home it uh it says ticonderoga number two uh it is a normal yellow pencil mm -hmm. that you would find in the classroom um however in cartoony comic sans <laughs> the pencil it actually says my first Ticonderoga, and the pen is huge. It, like is, the a, it is a fat pencil. It is, it is like the width. My first. <laughs> it, it's like the width of three normal pencils. Yeah. And it's for chubby little, like, you know, toddlers who got to use their fat fingers to hold a pen. So, like, it is a huge pencil. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, we had, um, it reminds me, we didn't have them quite like this, our fat pencils that you had when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. We had the, the ones, ones that had no eraser, mm -hmm. and they were red. Yeah, yep, I know exactly the classic what red you're one. talking about. Um, that's how, what I associate, but I, I just saw that, and it just makes me think of, like, that's like an elementary school pencil. Oh, yeah, 100%. No, I will so say I didn't those erasers notice. that they have are oh, excellent. So My biggest artistic pet peeves okay. is having an eraser that doesn't actually erase. Where it just yeah. smudges. It. Oh my gosh, my my skin crawls every time I go to erase, and it just smears it, and doesn't actually remove it from the paper. D I, these I are actually throw the good. pencil across the room. No, no, the, yeah, these are actually kind of good. Um, and you know the the white erasers I like too, but sometimes even like the pink pink erasers can be temperamental. Yeah. But as far as those pencils go, that brand of pencil makes good erasers. Welcome back to Talking Erasers. Yeah. Josh and Joe. <laughs> Artistic supplies. Oh boy. Very specific to those that can erase. No. <laughs> um, so what, one of the other things too that I, I wanted to talk about was um, so we met at a job function that I did uh, in Ann Arbor mm -hmm. and you stuck around to talk to the other artists I was working with. Um, and yeah, it was just, you were very talented and we ended up talking and um, we started talking about D and D and you had mentioned that you were in and I had mentioned that I'd never stopped talking and I think I could play <laughs> and I, I've never played D and D before. I um nerdier than most people I know. Mm -hmm. Look around the studio. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. On a, on a, on a, on a, on a range too. You have the Marvel on one end and the anime on the other. Like, 
it's it's yeah what that's that's the funny thing just like gender and sexuality is a spectrum so is nerddom <laughs> because it's such a spectrum of like it can almost be a, a web as well as such too yeah yeah there's a ton of different ways to describe it but i think it's it's literally like i have different points along this like if gundam is on one side like super anime japanese anime is on mm-hmm. one side and on the other side is very american comic books yeah i feel like there's i hit a lot of points on the in between where, where do you think you fall because i think i know where you fall but i want to hear where you think you fall um like most things in life i find myself in the middle kind of evenly because yeah. i do like a lot of anime yeah. but i'm not huge in anime of the anime I, I know, like I love it, but then I'm not diving into random animes I've never seen before, because, you know, on on a scale, I don't know. It's it it is absolutely a sliding scale. It is absolutely like yeah, yes. With with comic books, I like the Marvel. I like the X Men. For me, being an artist, I I got into the the, the small graphic novel section that my my local library yeah, had. Yeah, I wasn't. I was more involved with that. Even stuff I didn't really care for, I read a good amount of it, just to experience the comic book. Form. Especially when it, that's where you had to read from the back to front, bottom, you know, left, right. The those graphic novels where you have to read them in the traditional way that they're written, where it's you read them. What would be the back cover to the front? Oh, for top. for like manga. Yeah, manga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a little was, bit of manga at the library too. Yeah, there's a little bit of manga. I think that was the first time that I was just like, oh, there's more than just comics. Yeah, like, I uh, I also thank a friend of mine that I went to church with, Erin. Uh, she involved. She introduced me to manga. Okay. And I had only known a little bit of it, and she gave me like, here, read this series. Yeah. Here's another series for you to read. Yeah. And she loaned me her books, which was very nice. So. My my introduction to it, so I worked as a page, in the Plymouth District Library when I was in high school and oh, whatnot. Really? I my cat is looking like he wants to jump up on here, and I really don't want him to. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, oh, that feels like an interruption. God damn it. <laughs> I also um, was a page at the Redford Library for a brief, really? brief stint. Yeah. It oh, was just an man. in-between jobs kind of job. Yeah. And uh, funnily enough is when I was got a new job and was going to leave that position, my brother had asked, because we live fairly close to this yeah. library. He's like, so so what is it you do? Because <laughs> I was thinking maybe I could have that job uh, when I you leave. I just want to go to the library. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll put in a good word for you. You have to interview like normal. Yeah. but. It's basically a pretty easy job. You just put books back. Put, but yeah. You know? Do you not account? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Good. You can literally be a page. Yeah. You can, you know, <laughs> I, I never really did because I wanted to be available to help any patrons. But, yeah. you know, you're allowed to, like, pop in some headphones and just listen to music while you do this. Oh, yeah. And he did take over that spot for me. The exact same schedule I had. Love it. And then at one point he was offered an opportunity to move up to the desk. Yeah. So he If anybody he from the Plymouth District Library ever listens to this... Not because I think they are right now, but maybe one day when this podcast is in the Library of Congress and someone stumbles upon it. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> sorry for all the dumb shit that I did when I worked there. I Not even because... Not employee of the month? Uh, depends on the month <laughs> and how motivated I was to be there. There were mm-hmm. some months where I was just like, yeah, Children's I can crush section. this shit. I can crush this. Mm-hmm. I can put this back and I'm done. Know what to the children's section. I'll tell you why in one second. Let's do a quick cheers. Thank you to Kitty Cat for that interruption. 
so we would have to push out the. Oh, I try to talk through it. I never oh. can. Mm. Oh, boy. boy. <laughs> that was you, not me. That was very cute. So, uh, no to the children's section because you have the same size cart and the children's section books are so much thinner. Yes. So, there's thousands of them. Yes. Compared to... Now, for me, it's not the number of books I can put away. It's the number of carts that I can put away. It always felt so much better to be able to put a cart back totally empty and get a new one. Yeah. Whereas the kids' books one, you can get one kid's book and then, like, cart and then be that's it. That that's your job for the day. Mm -hmm. So I would always. I hated putting back kids' books because they were yeah. so thin and it you took forever. You feel like you got nothing done too. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I found out recently that if there's no positive affirmation tied to the job, I don't want to do it. You lose it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those like positive uh, <laughs> reinforcement works. At to, least for me. To the point I need where it. I would take it, positive affirmation over a raise, at, at some point. Totally. And that I agree. sounds ridiculous. It's the day to day to day to day. And if you feel like you uh, relating another job I had. Yeah. I in that job I had it multiple locations. And okay. the first location I worked it at yeah. I was there for like a little over a year and I would just work my ass off and could barely get any kind of good job today. And and the Ooh. one time I did get one, I was so exhausted and he looked at me like do you need help walking to the break room? Because I just looked so beaten. Yeah. And sweating and just falling apart. And he's just like, yeah, good job today. I'm like, screw you, dude. Like, yeah. I, I, he's like, you know, he expects that every single day. And, like, that was me going past what I was capable of doing just to yeah. try to meet J the Just to meet the, oh, man. And, uh, and then I went from that, just, oh, no one wanted to be there. They'd show up. They were like, I want to go home. And then I transferred to another location. Same exact job different management and was like better i could work 12 hours straight with this manager and not even blink i don't get because she is oh, so man. like energetic and bubbly and she goes i saw how well you knocked out that freezer the other day can you do that tomorrow that is awesome i'm like yeah i can and you're and like no of course for you of course yeah no yeah. i i and the whole mentality of all agree. the employees at that store were just like oh i need to stay three extra hours till somebody can come in yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, like nobody minded because there was such a good vibe in the store, and the customers oh, feed off of that, and we feed off of the good customers. And to to go from like such a one eighty, having the exact same job in another location. Yeah, it's just like, wow. <laughs> I, I didn't realize how much, and it's so funny that it it's, I mean, you know, I don't know, contributed to that's the type of parents we had where they were so affirmative that, you know, or. Affirmative. Yeah, that works. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know who to blame it on. <laughs> and I mean that in oh, the nicest way. For the need of... For the need for affirmation. It's who... Whose fault is this? I, would, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's a fault because it's not bad to want positive reaffirmation. You know, like, if you can't get anything done without it, I mean, you don't want to have a dependency on it. But having it as a motivator can can be impactful and yeah. i think that you shouldn't like blame your parents for setting you up to to you know want it not expect it but yeah. to want it yeah if i do a good job and i did do a good job i want to hear that i did a good job i don't want to hear a good job if i didn't do a good job yeah 
and it, it that it, way I know. <laughs> just, just tell me how I can fix, like what I can do better. Right. Yeah, no, I yeah, trust me. Or I, know, I know exactly. I know what I, I how I can get better. But if I do have a good day, let me know that you saw that and recognize it, because then I know that I need to do more of this. Yeah, because I, I oh man, yeah, yes, and that's something that I, I don't understand why that is such a hurdle for like some managers and bosses i i very distinctly have had uh managers like recently even or you know lead links or whatever you want to call them i've had very i've ranged from people saying like hey tell me how important affirmation is to you to the exact opposite where i've had you know bosses say i don't care who did it or how it gets got done as long as it got done if you need a pat on the back, go work somewhere else. Mm. Like I've I've heard both, and like when the pat on the back part, I was just like, I don't think I need it. Fuck yeah, I can do this. And then like obviously a couple months later, I was just like, well, you know what? Let's talk about this again because it yeah. is something I needed, it and is, I didn't realize there's, there's that I did. There's levels to it, you know. Yeah. There's like I don't need like, oh my god, you did a great job. Like oh, the yeah. little things, of but course. if you're like you worked twelve hours, I'm proud of you. Nice work. What know? has been the worst job that you've had? The I, I can't say I've had any where the job itself was bad, except sure. for that first, like I already mentioned, the, yeah. that job. Because that was my first year. The one that you're going to Dean's French onion dip me by not telling where it actually is? <sighs> Fine. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, I, I wasn't, you I wasn't trying to. to avoid it. I was no, just I saying, know. speaking vaguely, but it was at Aldi. Okay. Um, and it is a very demanding job. It's, you got to move. Yeah. Like, if you're standing there for a minute and you haven't done anything, you feel like you're doing something wrong because so much time has gone by without you doing anything. Yeah. You're kind of trained, because I was there for, in total, I worked for about two and a half years before I left the company. Okay. Um, I did go back like, just last year for like eight months just as a second job. But yeah. That aside, I worked at three different, four different stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, not counting times where I'd run over to another shop, uh, another location yeah, for like a shift here and there. Um, but I worked at four different stores in total in my experience with Aldi. And it's always interesting to experience it differently with different managers. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend the job. If you can handle the workload, it's a really good job to have. But I can't account for what kind of manager you might get positioned with. Yeah. Who can make or break the job for you. That makes sense. And, I get that. And I... I never felt like the manager who I felt was not a good manager. I, I didn't really take it personally as far as him not being a good person. No, I just think just, he wasn't very wasn't good at getting me to my best the way he went about being a manager. Yeah. So did did you, and, and this is something that I want to ask everybody, is when you find yourself in a position when where the manager doesn't respond to it's kind of like a relationship. It's like a relationship that you didn't expressly <laughs> commit to. No, I don't know how else, how else to describe this. But, like, I, I find that when you find a partner in life, you find someone who mimics your love languages. Mm-hmm. Your love languages is, like, I like words of affirmation and gifts and touch. And it's funny trying to find a boss who matches up with those. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost like, can you tell me your, uh, your top five, like... What's your love language or like what's your Yeah like I always in an interview process you don't really cover that. You don't get to ask that. And that's something that I've been, you know, wonderfully enough because of what I've 
studied in college, like the, I can ascertain within a minute of meeting someone what their love language is. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it's easy to kind of adjust myself. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, like, are there times when you're just like, have you ever gone to one of your bosses and said like, hey, if you tell me a good job more, I'd work more. I being naturally I, while I am extroverted by nature in a new environment i start off very withdrawn yeah uh until i become more comfortable and sometimes i'm comfortable with the people but not necessarily on a level where you know because this with this job it was my first one out of college yeah my first full-time you know bi-weekly paycheck kind of job yeah where i was working you know 35 to 39 hours a week kind of thing and i didn't know what was like how can you talk to your boss yeah. you know can you talk casually do you have to keep it formal does all the it always time? have to be form- yeah i don't know what i can say or what i can't say and then they're also because of how the management levels what there was the manager of the store and there was the shift managers who were like a, you know mm-hmm. one level down yeah i found myself being able to talk a lot more to them than to the actual store manager makes sense and because there was this 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 gap where you just don't feel like you can approach him with things that weren't essentially you know i need to talk to you about this if i was just trying to like you know put out thoughts and stuff and try to get feedback i feel like it was safer to go to a shift manager and get their opinion i get that um, Someone who's like more at your level that you can have a frank conversation with. Yeah, and and to th- and for me, starting out, still being very young and inexperienced, I just assumed everyone was, you know, even if they weren't literally older than me because they'd been there before I was. Yeah. So they must know better. Oh, isn't so that funny? So it was kind of like a big sister feel or a mom kind of feel with some of these shift managers that I got that vibe off of like you're like a big sister. What do I do? You Which know? is funny is because. Most of them, when you say, like, what should I do, I guarantee you a very decent chunk of them are probably just like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they they can at least give me a decent amount, like, well, if you do this, like, because they, they work there long enough to know what buttons push, you know, what are the manager's buttons, and, like, yeah. don't push this button. If you want to push that button, that's fine, but, like, don't push this one. Yeah. You know, and and we all were kind of united in our stress of... He stresses me out. <laughs> and, and like like I said, I never took it personally as, like, a hating the guy. Yeah. I just, it's like, I'm trying to do a good job here, and it's never enough. And I'd see that even the shift managers had moments where they're like, I, I need to, like, ah, you yeah. know, get out of here what? for a second. Oh, man. So we had that kind of uniting thing. And not That's to good. say it was us versus him, but it was just, like, I wanted to work with him. And I wanted to be able to meet his expectations. But, but you're making so it hard. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's the... Have you ever gotten in trouble at work? Not not to the point where I was, like, fully yelled at. No, but what's what's something where, like... My biggest boo-boo? Okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Uh, I, I was just so embarrassed that it even happened because it was one of those... You didn't realize you did something wrong until it was, like, the next day. Oh, and you found no. out What'd that you, you did something. I was working the freezer. Okay. And it's so funny. When I first started to work the freezer, I wouldn't I'd keep everything in there. Full yeah. pallets. And I would just be like squeezing by in the little narrow gaps trying to put stuff away. And somebody told me, it was like, you know, you can take the pallets out of the freezer 
and take only one in and do one at a time. Yeah. It'll be okay if it's out of the freezer for like a couple, you know, like 20 minutes or so. Oh, man. I think I've already finished the story in my head, but please continue. I It was towards the end of the day. Yeah. I did the pallets. Yeah. That I, you know, that I had time to do. Time to do yeah. I had one that I never put back in the freezer. Oh, my God. A whole tall pallet of product. What was it? What was it? It was. I don't, I don't know if it was like ice cream or tell popsicles was, uh, or, or frozen chicken. Smelled horrible. I don't know. I wasn't there. Oh like the next God. day, I didn't work. Oh and then God. someone came in and went, "What's this doing out here?" What is going? And on? And I felt so terrible because it's not something that I went, "Nah, it's fine," and left it. It was one of those. It didn't even occur. It to didn't me. even occur to you. That's so the word. That's, that's so much worse. Like hundreds of dollars of food that was ruined. And I was just like, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> and like, I, I'm that's it though? I'm a little spacey, but I would never have guessed I would have done something like that. That's it though? I, I would say that's the biggest as far as impact on the store. Okay. That's not bad. Uh, other Otherwise, I felt I'm, I'm pretty, I don't make waves too much. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really think there's been much else where an employer, manager, or anything was like, upset with me aside from maybe the overall like you just can't meet the mark consistently yeah. i'd like i'd get close but could never hit the numbers i needed to hit yeah on a consistent basis that like, i get oh this time i did but that day i was like terrible so i was way up i was always working hard i was always trying but i just yeah. could never pull it off so that was probably a probably one of the, the overall that's really what's struggles. what's really funny and the only reason i was able to finish that in my head is I as soon as you said freezer, I was just like, oh hey, <laughs> um, yeah, something yeah. very similar happened to me, but in my car. I went shopping on Tuesday. I yeah. got all sorts of groceries, mm-hmm. and on Wednesday I went to go uh, pick up a cigar, and on Thursday I saw a movie, and like on Thursday I was just like, oh man, there's a skunk out here. Something, something's out here. Mm. Didn't didn't even think about it. So finally on Friday, uh, Eric and I go to grab some ice cream with our friend Shelby, and I get out and just like it smells like rotting flesh. What the fuck is out here? And I thought it was my trash can in my car. I thought I had a little like Crown Royal bag. Yeah, was me, trash. I've got a little trash bag. Yeah. yeah. So I grabbed that thing and I was just like, I'm gonna put it in the trunk. It's probably in here. I'll figure out what it is. So I toss it in the trunk, and. As soon as I open the trunk, I'm hit with just a wave of hot stank. I had left a pound of ground beef and a whole thing of chicken breasts. Gross. Just sitting in my hot trunk for three days. Oh, three days. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It smelled great. (laughs) I, yeah, I was livid. So I, um, anywho... Oh, not good. You starting over? No, no, oh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So that 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 was pretty horrible. All right, we were just interrupted. I need to go get another bottle of something. <laughs> Thank you, Ollie, for getting us hammered already. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're <laughs> about six funny. minutes in, so um, we are gonna go find another bottle, and we will be right back. All right, and we are back. We ended up cracking another bottle of Fernet. We didn't go through the other one. The other one just didn't have much left. Mm. So cheers to that one. Cheers. And um, 
I'm not even going to try to talk through this. I'm just going to take this. You're going to hear me suffer, and then we'll get back to it. Wow. <laughs> it's like right through my nose. Like, it, if there was a visual effect, it would be like smoke coming out of my nose. It literally... Whew. I don't know why I choose this one for the podcast. <gasps> mm. Yep. All right, we're back. Okay. For real. <laughs> um. So... I want to go back to the art. I want to talk about the art. We talked about work for a long time. And um, <laughs> you recently visited Pixar. I did. I yeah. went to Pixar Studios in California. In Tell me about that. What did you think? Oh, it was such a cool experience to be there. And it, it worked out very nicely because um, in 2016, uh-huh. in June, yeah. I went to a Pixar seminar. That where, was, where at? It was... Um, I can't remember what building it was in, in downtown Ann Arbor. Oh, no, okay. Ann Arbor, it was, sorry. Okay. Chicago. Chicago. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and that was like my first time being in Chicago since like eighth grade when I went on a school trip. So yeah. I, I no, really of course. I really had little experience. Um, as it, as it happened to the, the hotel, the, the, what do you call it? It's not a hotel where you, where it's multiple people sharing a room. Uh, hostel. Hostel. Okay. Yeah. Hostel. Yeah. Um, the hostel I was staying at just for the sake of saving money. Um, was only a few blocks from this building, so I could just walk one d- one road straight shot down. Oh, that's super helpful. Okay. During the day, at least, and then at night I would Uber home. Um, because I'm not taking risk. Um, okay, so it's a. It's a it was a Pixar y- seminar uh, led by two people who worked for Pixar. Uh huh. Um, one focused more on story. Yeah. Uh, all the entire like one day, like eight hours, kind of window yeah and then the next day was a different guy so like they didn't interact with each other it was okay. just one guy and then one guy and then yeah okay um i stayed in touch with I, I mean i kind of stayed in touch with one of the instructors okay and for the people i know going into this trip which i had you know two years ago declared like or a year ago i declared like in you know in a year or maybe it was two years two years from now i'm going to california um, yeah Big declaration, which I'm not one for. Big declarations, no. And it occurred to me, like, sometime last year, I was like, that would be next summer. Shoot, I gotta get ready for this. Yeah. So I started planning, and I put together this whole trip out there. I had four people that I'm sort of connected to, to Pixar. Yeah. The two two instructors. Okay, yep. uh, A gentleman who came and did a lecture at Eastern Michigan University that... A friend of mine from high school went with me okay. to that lecture to the to the the, the Chicago um, seminar. Yeah, she came. She she saw that I was going, and she's like, oh, "I want to go." Too. I want to go. Yeah. So the two of us drove out there together. She told me about this lecture at Eastern, where she's currently a student, and I came to it. And this is somebody who worked on Coco, and was telling us about it and giving us a sneak pre- preview uh, before the movie came out. Don't give an enemy. What's that? I said, don't get mad at me. Okay. Still haven't finished Coco. That's fair. It took me still, forever still to finally see it. it. I, I didn't see it almost maybe like a year after it came out. And even then. The only time that I see children's movies like that, and, and it's not because I don't love them, because I know just as much work went into making that as Jurassic Park or whatever. But the only time I see those is when I'm hanging out with my best friend Katie, who has two little girls mm-hmm. and has two little kids who like, only watch that stuff right and when i do i I always feel bad 
and I'm sorry, Katie, but I just feel bad to Katie because like she'll have like a movie on for the little ones, and we'll be trying to talk, and I'll be like, look, what's up? Hold on, hold on. One oh, second. <laughs> I'll be like watching Coco, or like I've seen yeah. 20 minutes of every other 20 minute segment of Coco. I've seen the 20 minutes that I've got to watch and then 20 minutes where I got to play with the baby who was trying to climb on me. Mm-hmm. And then the 20 minutes after they calmed down and then, like, I didn't because I was talking to Katie. Yeah. And so the 20 minutes after that. and you know, <laughs> I see a pattern here. So, yeah. and, and You I, can't fully watch a film with kids when no. you're supervising the kids. But that's also the only time that I watch kids' movies. Fair enough. Is when I'm with little kids. And, again, just because I don't think about them until I'm with little kids. And, and, and I will say, when I did finally watch it, yeah. it was with my sister. Yeah. And What'd there were two babies nearby, so we couldn't have... Full, we had most of our attention on the movie because they were kind of sleeping, but you still want to be aware and, and conscious of them and, and have some of your attention on them at all times. Um, well, I mean, I guess. I, I mean, I don't know. They're For babies. For me, it was six more months if old, she needed to tend to him. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, so... So there's a seminar, and she said, hey, there's this guy doing a lecture. So I went to the lecture. Afterwards, the lecture, they had kind of like a, you can go up and talk to him. Yeah. Which wasn't very long. I didn't have anything specific to ask him about because yeah. I wasn't, I'm not currently pursuing, you know, animation uh, as a career. Yeah. So I let those people kind of go first. Yeah. So by the time I got up to him and I said, hey, so I'm going out to, you know, California in, in the summer. This is like November of yeah, 2017. Yeah, of, of 2017. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, so I'm thinking about coming out there. You know, do you guys do tours of Pixar? And he was like, well, not not really, but here, let me give you my card. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'm like, Pixar guy gave me his card. Yeah, win. This is cool. Um, and so that was one of my connections. And then another connection is somebody I never actually met, but I know a guy who knows him. Oh, that's is, always good. I yeah, love those. I know a guy who knows a guy. Um, the guy who knows him is my dad's friend. And uh-huh. I've known him my whole life. He's basically like an, an unrelated uncle to me. Yeah. Um, he does his own little bit of animation and ran a animation workshop that I did in high school. Okay. Sadly, only my senior year. I wish I had done it all four years. Oh, man. Um, I didn't know about it until my junior year and then wasn't able to get in the junior year. Yeah. Um, so he, this guy who works for Pixar, who knows my dad's friend, did this same animation workshop that I did. Oh, sweet. Okay. Years before. Yeah. And here he is now. He's directed Monsters University. Whoa, boy. I haven't seen that one either. I feel bad. Oh, well, it's good. It's good. I, I finally got around to seeing it and I was like, this is very very entertaining i didn't i didn't know what to expect from it is that one that i'm gonna need to have a kid around me to watch or can i watch that by myself i mean you can watch any pixar film by yourself well i mean in my yeah. opinion because there's enough for the kids and enough for the adults yeah that you don't yeah, need yeah you're to not be wrong with kids. you're not wrong that's something i really appreciate about pixar is that they they don't just make a kid for a kid movie for the kids there are aspects to it that adults can appreciate and it's not just making a joke that only adults are gonna get yeah it's concepts that adults can relate to um some movies more so than others but overall i think on uh, pixar's list of movies they've done i think that you can very much appreciate it as an adult okay as much right. as as from a kid's perspective yeah. an adult's perspective um so those are the four connections i had yeah um i tried getting in t- touch with all of them yeah 
Um, one of them, the the one I'd never met, I didn't have his contact information. Okay. So I tried to use my dad's friend be like, can you contact him for me? Yeah, please. That didn't quite make its way through. Um, I don't I don't know if I gave it enough time to get to him to reach out for me and yeah you that, you always, that kind of those, fell flat yeah and those connections you got to think they're so it's kind of like how good is my dad's friend at sure. networking on yeah. my behalf if yeah. he's too busy to do it like it's nothing I can do um yeah. then another the one of the instructors from the workshop I did the the seminar I did uh, I found out later uh doesn't work for Pixar anymore which uh-huh. At the time, during the seminar, I knew he was going to be taking leave of yeah. the company. I didn't know if he was back or not yet. Um, so when I I found out later, like, oh, even if, you know, he wasn't working for them anymore anyway. The guy I have not met, I didn't get in touch with him, but then I found out he's currently working and directing an upcoming film, which I have no idea what it is. Um, and he wouldn't have had time to meet with me anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, um, oof. And then the other guy, the the... the the lecture that I went to. Yeah. He emailed me back saying, cool. It but worked. I won't be in San Francisco. Oh, bummer. Okay. I won't be in the area I'll, at the yeah. time you're visiting. Uh, sorry. And I was like, that's fine. Um, unfortunately, he said like, you know, if there's any questions you have, I'll be glad to answer them, but I, I just won't be there. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I never followed up with that because, what? because the other instructor from the seminar in Chicago did say he would be there which i kind of knew because his he uses facebook yeah he doesn't have a linkedin but he has a facebook and facebook he posted, good old yeah dude good old facey space stopping. yeah no um, i get he, it he posted that he's teaching a class like through the summer in emory okay. so i'm like i know he's gonna be there yeah it's whether or not he's available but I know he'll be in the Emeryville area. And he did respond to me and he said, yeah, totally. Let's meet. I'm like, great. So on the flight out to California, I was in a layover in L.A. for like, oh, gosh, that went on forever. Aren't those the, the, wor- the flight yeah. kept getting delayed and delayed. Yeah. And so, LAX isn't the best airport. Well, at least right now. They're mid like reconstruction um, mm-hmm. their airport. So it's kind of janky. <laughs> and it's not somewhere that I. It's a little confusing trying to get around. Yeah, it's and just it's not somewhere that I. The lo- gate changed on me a few times. Uh okay, all right. Like Anyways, oh, the anyway, flight's yeah. delayed. Go to this gate instead. All right. Anyway, it wasn't until the layover that he's like, "Sorry, I never got back to you. Is it cool if because I was thinking let's meet at some cafe nearby or something." He's like, "Let's just meet at Pixar." I'm like, oh, "Okay." Wait a minute. That's okay. fine. I'd love to. Yeah, that's okay. Because I knew we were meeting. I knew what day we were meeting. I knew what time we planned on, but I didn't know where we were going to meet. Yeah. So super happy to say, oh, let's just meet at Pixar. Your idea? Okay. Whatever you want. Yeah, that's please. That's fine by me. That's amazing. This is, of this trip, you're the only meeting I have. So whatever you want, I can accommodate to your availability. That's for okay. the rest of the time I'm there, it's whatever I want it to be. Yeah. Um, so I meet him at Pixar, which is like, oh, my God, I'm I'm on campus. This yeah. is really exciting for me because it's this thing that you've seen in special features on DVDs. Yeah. And here you physically are there. Now you're and actually there. Seeing, yeah. It's like if you've seen 
tons of movies that take place in New York but never went to New York and then you go to New York City and you're like I'm actually in this place I'm where all of these things here. have happened yeah um so that was really exciting for me to walk in and and there's a gate and you go in you tell the security guard hi I'm here with a meeting for this guy he checks he goes yep we have you listed as someone you know he says someone's coming to see me today at this yep. time so it gives me a pass I get to walk in um and I just kind of sit in this little waiting room area mm -hmm. until he's ready to come down. Because I showed up early because I didn't want to take any risks. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be there early. Of course. Always show up early. So I'm in this little sitting area of the Steve Jobs building. Love that. Steve Jobs being a big part of Pixar becoming Pixar. Um, and there's this trophy case. Ooh, that was an interruption, but we're totally going to let that one go because we've already had three shots of Fernet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. We, we're going to save that one up for after the story. All right. Um, so there's like a trophy case that yeah. I can look at while I'm waiting. No, I, I... Of all their Oscars. I'm totally letting you tell the story for everyone who hasn't been there. Uh, fun fact, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, I've also been there. You have? Uh, yeah, I, we got to go downstairs and see where they make all the stuff. Downstairs? There oh. are a ton of sub basements. I believe it. All of the I was not actual, aware of it. yeah. Well, so um, I have an ex who uh, her sister-in-law was a producer at ABC, and this is years and years and years ago. Uh, but my favorite part about like when we got to go visit them in California was that we would be able to like walk around the ABC lot. And this was the, uh, the first year of modern family. So this, you know, just to totally date back when it was, hmm. um, but what they had was like, I remember walking into Pixar and downstairs they have these, uh, basically like kind of. Gal galleries where they'll show you like what what's coming like you know the concept art for and what's coming new yeah and uh when i was there they had just announced and i just put up concert art like the day before for this little thing called wreck it ralph pixar oh yeah wreck it ralph was not a pixar film it's a disney film uh i, I was at abc oh sorry i was at disney oh okay well no didn't, didn't they do it together wasn't that a well the thing is, because Disney owns Pixar now, it was the Pixar you will have Ooh, Pixar employees yeah. working on it. Was it was the I'm Pixar sure. building on the Disney lot. Oh, okay. So yeah. not in Emeryville, California. So no, 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 no. This was in... Emeryville, California is Pixar's headquarters. They're, yeah. But because they're owned by Disney, like, Tangled is directed by John Lasseter, who yeah. is the Pixar guy. Yeah. The guy. Um. Which is funny because I loved Tangled. And at the end of Tangled, when the first time I saw it, and I saw it directed by John Lasseter, I was like, well, no surprise there. <laughs> because I love Pixar films he's, so much. Yeah, he's um, done all of my friends. So, so you'll see people who, I don't know how they go about having like, all right, there's a Pixar movie versus here's a Disney movie. Who wants to work on this? Didn't I don't know how that entails about getting animators over, but it is not Disney Pixar. It's just Disney. Yeah. It was Wreck-It Ralph. Um, but still, that's a very cool experience. Oh, yeah. No, so, to and, so, get concept art. I love oh, being able so to cool. see stuff like that before it happened. Because it was always, like, the big thing about Wreck-It Ralph is, and, I mean, they did it really well, and it kind of probably, Wreck-It Ralph paved the way for stuff like Ready Player One to be made. But yeah, it was one of the first movie. well, I don't know if it was one of the first, but it was one of those movies that had, like, 
a thousand other characters from a thousand different companies. So many references. Yeah, and so many references and I just that that was the thing that spoke the most to me. But anywho. That that's very cool and I I enjoyed Wreck-It Ralph. I'd, I'd want to watch it again because it's been a while. Oh, it's so but good. But now because there's a new movie coming out um, as a you know timestamp for people listening to this later, you know where we are in the in the world. I know, right? Um, we're, we're, where we are <laughs> in life based on what I've, movies. I've seen the trailer for Wreck-It Ralph 2 and I try to like tune myself out because I want to be able to be pleased by what when I actually go to see it. Oh, I know, right? Um, it's always... I can't tell you how many times trailers have just straight up oh, ruined it's, movies. It's another pet peeve of mine. But um, I really want to see it. I, I think they did a really good job. I like the animation. I like the the, the, the kind of the pacing of Wreck-It Ralph and the way they go about incorporating references to things. And we as 90s kids are pretty, you know, I know you're not a 90s kid. but. Well. I mean, um, I grew up in the nineties. You grew. You were a kid in the nineties. I was. I, I was a it. child in I the nineties. I was 90s. born nineteen ninety, so I'm pure nineties kid. You are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I technically am because all of my st- all my all my memories were made in the nineties. Exactly. You weren't really conscious what, quite yet. Yeah. Until the nineties. Well, um, I mean, I, I like to think I've always been conscious, but just. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean. Anyways, okay. Sustaining right. memory. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I I like Wreck-It Ralph. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the new movie. It looks... I, I just really kind of like the... The animation style seems, feels kind of like it's... Like it's not so much 2D or 3D. Like it it feels like you can really... Like they're... I don't know how to describe it. But no, no, no. I, it's it's I, very appealing to me. Yeah. Is all I can say. I like it. Um, with, 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 with Pixar. Um, I, I met at the Steve Jobs building. Okay. He came down and, and we... We kind of just went into a little uh, cafe area nearby where you can employees can come down, get coffee, get food, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like a campus, you know, cafeteria kind of yeah. thing. Um, and we just kind of sat down and talked. And it was very, it wasn't like an interview. It was very casual. Uh, it was very cool to get kind of an insight of what it's just generally like to work there. Yeah, what, what like the day-to-day is. Yeah, because I know from job to job it can vary. And to hear him say that if you are like a parent and you need to be off by a certain time to go pick up your kids. Isn't that nice? Or, yeah, it's very yeah. nice. It's a very flexible job. I love as that. far as like sometimes creative people work on different levels. Yeah. So if you work from like 7 p.m. to like 3 a.m. and you're just cranking it out. Yeah. You can work. 7 p.m. to 3 a.m. if you want. Like, you don't have to do 9 to 5 and get nothing done because you're not a morning person. You're not person. a morning person, yeah. If your prime hours of production is through, you know, until 4 a.m., you can come in and do work then. And I'm sure some people benefit from there being, like, no one in the building and you have, like, so much silence around you and you can just delve into it and oh, no crank joke. out hours and hours of work. So do you, do you work better with, uh, with, with, with noise or without noise? You know, it's kind of hard to say because I've never really thought about it. I feel it's better for me to have quiet, not uh-huh. because noise is distracting as far as, like, the volume, but because if I'm in a room and there's people who I know nearby and they're yeah. talking about something, I'm... I have a tendency to kind of, oh, what you guys talking yeah, about? Let me be yeah. part of the conversation. 
And so you're, so if you're, I'm you're by your myself, own worst distractor. Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> for sure. So if I'm by myself and I don't have, maybe I'll put music on, but not so much. It, it depends on what it is I'm working on, I guess. So when I'm left to my own devices and I'm sitting down with paper with nothing going on, like, I know some people will turn on, like, Netflix and just play yeah. it to, for background noise. I can ag- appreciate that, but sometimes if it's a movie... Like, music I can do. If it's a movie, I will start watching the movie. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, just because, you know, it's you need to pay attention because it's a movie. Right. Um, so, I, I uh, definitely try to... I prefer working in silence. Now, the setup of Pixar is very cool because there's little sections of for, for all the different animation, for all those little cubicles. Not yeah. to call them cubicles. They're not cubicles, but individual workplaces for the employees there's like one area that's like jungle themed and like there's the common area like imagine like a bunch of little rooms and a little lobby area oh yeah and then like little clusters of that so one little lobby area is jungle themed and everyone's little you know independent area is jungle themed you would really like where i used to work oh i bet zappos was that times you know the extreme some are more like casual just like it feels like it's a room yeah with a desk and a couch yeah. and that's it and some are like one's like a speakeasy theme one's a jungle theme. oh that's so cool and you can add to it as much as you want as long as it's not like distracting you from your work or distracting other people from their work you yeah. can go in and there's like a little like you know rickety bridge <laughs> like a tiny little not one that you'd actually walk on just a small miniaturized one that goes across there's like vines and stone and that's cool i'm just like because one of the big things that made me want to work for pixar yeah is yeah we're we're gonna go kind of we're gonna go kind of full circle and full full circle so i watched special features on the dvds and i don't know which movie it was but one time they're like hey let's take you behind the scenes and show you where it is we work yeah and there's people like zooming around on razor scooters to get around the building yeah they're wearing you know, Hawaiian shirts, which is, you know, a John, kind of very John Lasseter thing. Very to do. John Lasseter. Um, there is just this vibe of, you know, your inner child? Yeah. We let him or her flourish here. And I wholly appreciate that. Did, did you legitimately feel that when you were there? Um,. Maybe not as much as I felt when I first saw this behind-the-scenes features. I mean, not, they're going to make it look amazing. Sense, yeah. Not in the sense that that's not the case, but just because I wasn't, like, peeping in on people currently working on an upcoming movie. It was very, it was at the end of the day. There wasn't very many people there. Yeah. So it wasn't people running around in the middle of their regular day. I was at, you know, he, he stayed behind after work to talk to me. Oh, that's nice of him. So it was a much more chill. Um... But yeah, like the overall feel of this place is that come in, get your work done, and we'll accommodate you to meet whatever you need. Like That's awesome. And they have this That's campus. Really cool. So they want you to like stay on campus. Yeah, don't leave to go to lunch. We have lunch here for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a gym here. That There's that, a that pool is a here. work that is a work trick. That is work trick one oh one. And we can make people work sense. for free if they don't need to leave. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, go if you want to go work out for two hours, you can. We're still on campus. You can come right back to work. 
You can take a nap for an hour yeah. and, and go back to work. A, a lot of the, the larger companies are, are trying to, to build uh, mini cities within a city because it behooves them to keep people on campus and keep them working mm-hmm. longer in if they like especially childcare. Childcare is for me like a double edged sword. I love the idea of it, mm-hmm. but it also means that you're working like exponentially more twice as much because you don't have to worry about your kids and you don't need like I, I love the whole like work and home separation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. sometimes sometimes i love the ability to turn off and go home sometimes i love the fact that i would don't need to like right. it always depends on where you are in life at you know and as, how as you a person work. and yeah and yeah it's really absolutely nice to see the work. accommodation for like you know you, you have family you need to get home to your kids like so then you can come in as early as you want so that you can leave at two o'clock and that cool and go and take care of that oh that's and great. i i totally appreciate that as an you know from somebody who's looking at having a career with them and knowing that down the road I might want a family and yeah. would need to be flexible that way. Yeah, it's so funny coming to, and, and this isn't putting where you've worked down at all, but it's so coming back from one of those places and being like, that's fun for a minute. But then the work kicks in. But Oh, yeah. So... Not to not to end that on a, on a downer because it's not, and no. I absolutely love that this is the track that you're taking. Sure. Where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself connecting into to, to Pixar? What do you want to do there? Well, I want to be a storyboard artist yeah. for Pixar. Yeah, tell me about that. And one How- of the coolest things that happened during that whole session, because I'll say real quick, we met very briefly, not even a full two hours, not even two hours, maybe like an hour and 15 minutes uh-huh. that we sat down and talked. And I wish it could have been longer. But then at the end of it, he goes, well, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, nothing. I mean, nothing specific that I need to be at. Like, I'm I'm flexible as hell. Yeah. He's like, well, can you come back tomorrow and I'll be able to show you around more? I was like, of course. Uh-huh. Because he teaches, actually, there's a separate thing right across the street from Pixar. It's the Animation Collaborative, which is... He, this instructor guy, this animator for Pixar, who's okay. been with them since the first Incredibles, which, by the way, while I was out there, we saw Incredibles 2 two days before it came out I know, because I was in Emeryville, California. Yeah, where they're going to And they did a everything. double feature, so we watched the first one and the second one. Um, which one do you like more real quick? Oh, uh, I'd say the first one is, is better because it's like the beginnings of it's something. It's like setting and it up. It's... Situ- putting you in a situation of characters who are like this is the world we had and we're still that person but the world changed around us yeah um the second movie is more um what are we gonna do now that we're you know can it be can it go back to what it was yeah in the essentially where we can be superheroes and not have to be in hiding because everything kind of fell apart spoiler alert spoiler nope. alert <laughs> well yeah depends um anyway this this animator was there for the first one. That's how long he'd been there, mm-hmm. um, which is very cool because I got to ask him what it was like to be on the first movie versus now on the yeah. second movie. I'll go into that another time. But okay, um, okay. yeah, so we have we have totally we have more time and more to talk about. So yeah, we'll I, I don't do want to go down the tangent. Though. Definitely more uh, episodes. So he shoot. Oh, sorry. I didn't oh mean to yeah, yeah, yeah. The coolest thing that happened to me is that he was telling me that. If you want to be an animator for Pixar, 
you have to be insanely talented and really stand out oh, yeah. to get in there because there's thousands of people trying to be p- animators for Pixar. I, I have quite a few friends who are animators and I hear very similar things. Right. Yeah. Well, when I told him I'm trying to be a storyboard artist uh-huh. for anyone, honestly, is what I'm like. The job I'm aiming for is to be a storyboard artist, period. The dream job is to do it for Pixar specifically. Okay. Yeah. I would be happy to do it for anyone and have that be my title and my payroll being officially a storyboard a artist. A storyboard artist. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be for Pixar, but that's what I'm aiming for. I mean, of course. Why not um, aim high? Shoot high. And then if you don't, you're going to be, if you're good enough to be even consider trying for Pixar and they say, no, you're good enough for someone out there. At least uh, that's kind of the yeah, way I see yeah. it. No, I... Because they're I, one of the higher end. Um, anyway, he told me not nearly as many people uh, try to be a storyboard artist as they do an animator. Okay. So if okay. you are any kind of good, if you are a good, solid animator or storyboard artist, if you're a good, solid storyboard artist, you have a much better shot of getting into Pixar as a storyboard artist than you do as an animator. And that kind of like, whoa... <laughs> yeah, so that's super good to hear. So he, He's not a storyboard artist. He's like, I can't really say what it's like to be a storyboard artist here. I can tell you what it's like to be an animator. And from his perspective, and for me to hear that is just like another like flame just... Yeah. Under, you're just like, this is something that could happen. This Yes, this should happen. So, so then what do you see yourself like? What's next then if, you know... Well, my next step... How are you going to utilize these connections to, yes. to, to take you higher? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I don't know what the status of anything will be, so I'll just keep his name, you know, anonymous for Oh, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't no. know if I should or should not. Um, he told me that there's an animation expo that happens in November. Okay. Uh, in Burbank, California. And he recommended it to me, um, which... If I can manage, you know, figure out the financials of it and, uh, you know, to travel out to California again, I'd like to try to get out there this year. Yeah. If not this year, definitely next year. Yeah. To go to California because he says you can come in there and you can give us, show us your work and we'll give you feedback. Honest feedback. We'll tell you what you need to get to get to where you need to be for us to be able to, like, come on in. Okay. Because I always pictured myself going... I, I won't apply for Pixar directly until I feel that I'm someone they want. Okay. Interesting. So where, I, where I can go in and be like, you want me. Yeah. You know, because I want to be able to go in with an application going, you want me. If I'm kind of, I, I might still go for it anyway. Oh, you gotta. But, I mean, I will. Because they're they're never looking for what they don't need, know that they don't have. Well, not, not so much that, but like, I, I won't even go, like, if I need to be 100%. And I'm not even like, if I go in, I'll I'll apply at 85 percent, but I don't really want to apply until I'm at least 50. You know? Yeah, sure. I, I don't know. I, I I think it's better for me to aim to be someone they want, so that way when I apply and if I still get a no, I know that I'm on a level that they could have said yes, but maybe I wasn't what they needed, which is fair. I I will be very interested to to hear what happens when you end up going to 
Burbank because I think that'll be pretty illuminating too. For sure, because these are going to be, and he told me, if you do come out, let me know, so I'll make sure I'll, I'll keep an eye out for you so we can say hi. That's cool. Uh, which is awesome. Makes oh, me yeah. feel real good. Because then he goes, he, because the, uh, the animation collaborative, which he does, which, yeah. um, aside from Pixar, sometimes he'll go and be a lecturer person at a, a local college or university. Um, but Makes because sense. of the way universities worked where they said, we want you to do this, but not that or whatever, yeah. he, he didn't, he kind of liked the freedom to be able to teach what he wanted to teach and the way he wanted to teach it. So he started his own kind of school, I get it. which is right across the street from Pixar. So when he met with me, we met, talked, walked over to the animation collaborative, still talking. Yeah. And he goes, well, I got to go to my other job over here. That's funny. It's not affiliated with Pixar. But most of the people that instruct for this class yeah. also work at Pixar. So oh, that's awesome. It's not directly company If nothing else, you got to figure out a way that you can just go in and go to some of those classes. Yeah, that would be amazing if I was already living in California anyway and could continue to afford California. I mean... I would definitely sign up for a class. Why not? Right? <laughs> well, being in Emeryville, and Emeryville already, comparatively to San Francisco... Like, the the economy of Emeryville has boosted up in the last, like, six years. Oh, that's what awesome. locals have told me is that, like, oh, it's so, like, it's increased. But, of course, you know, that means the price increase. So, even a, a tiny little two-bedroom house in Emeryville is going to be really expensive. Oh, yeah, Comparatively. And um, I thought about it because, you know, my boyfriend came with me on my trip, which was fantastic because I was planning to go whether or not he could come with me or not. And he was able it's to get so the much time nicer off. to have that. He moral was able support, to though. have the money to come with me. And it was great because I'm like, I'm going in for this this meeting. I'm kind of amped up and nervous about it. And he was able to, like, you know, keep me on the level. Calm me down. Don't and talk like, about yeah. this. Make sure you do this. And it was, you know, it was what I would have told myself on a calmer level. So he's yeah, kind of there it's still to, nice to have keep that, me though. grounded. And I, I really appreciate that. And so while we're walking around, and he has an understanding of, you know, economics and financial sure. and, and just the values of things. So to walk around and go, that's a $3 million house right there, which in Michigan wouldn't even be a million dollar house. Um, and we're talking about, like, you know, what would it take for us to be able to afford a place out here? Yeah. To have a comfortable, good quality place out here. Decent quality i mean a whole lot of giving up creature comforts you're probably used to at least at first and i thought about that because i remember when i first decided i wanted to be a storyboard artist uh-huh. at one point i looked up what the average salary is for a storyboard artist probably not great it can average anywhere from like on the low end 35 to the high end 80 yeah is what it looked like when i first looked up that information yeah and that's probably pretty accurate and it depends on your level of experience oh, and who yeah, you're totally. working for while we were in California, my boyfriend looked it up and he's like, Pixar starts, and I don't know if he said starts, but the average income for a storyboard artist at Pixar is like 90. And I'm like, holy crap. That's also probably with this much experience and this much. Sure, sure, that, sure. On, on average, finding a median. But to think about the fact that if I were to get hired by Pixar... Yeah, then, I would probably then, be able to afford living in California. Well, so don't forget that that ninety thousand is like forty thousand out here, because everything is so much more expensive. Proportionate, cost of for living. sure. Cost but of I living. Ninety thousand in California is like thirty thousand in Michigan. Oh yeah, 
so, I, I don't take it lightly yeah. at all. But I wouldn't be a sole income in that situation. I That's wouldn't nice. be trying to find a place by myself. Ideally, if I get a job out there, he is coming with me. Ideally. Yeah. Okay. Have you guys had that conversation? Is that something that uh, he's it's on board? What, is, what does your boyfriend do? Is that something that he's going to be able to take with him? He's working at a job he does not like. Okay. And he kind of made a statement to me saying he will be out by June. Ready uh, to go when you are. Huh? Like, ready to go when you Basi- are. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's finishing school. He's... Credits-wise, he's technically a senior, uh-huh. um, but he's been doing school slowly but surely, like working full-time, taking two classes here and there. Oh. Um, so he's on his way to get his bachelor's. He has totally his makes associates sense. already. Yeah. Um, what he wants to do, see, for me, what I want to do specifically only exists in California Yeah. for that company, but then most companies that would hire that position are also in California. Yeah. So... But what he wants to do, which for the life of me, I can't, you know, explain for you right now. <laughs> um, okay. It's it's not something that's so specific that it has to be in one place. He okay. can do the job he wants to do anywhere. That's good. And that's a very on, that's very good to know. Oh yeah, it depends on who hires him. So we're kind of in this situation where if he gets an opportunity to move to you know Kansas, or yeah. or you know. Massachusetts, um, that he would take it. Yeah. In the sense of like, you know, we'll we'll go there, but until that time where I get my call for California. Yes. Make it work. We're gonna go out to California. Tim gun that shit. Make it work. You know, he'll find what works for him out there. Yeah. And not to say that's a an absolute. We'll figure it out. But if the company that I want calls me california girl i i love i love the motivation but you gotta don't think they're gonna call you you gotta put in all that work to, you gotta give them a reason to call you well, of course okay of course. All right, good. i'm, I'm, good, I'm, good, I'm, good, not, good, I'm good. not gonna say they're gonna call me today um yeah you gotta give I'm them a reason down to call the road you. when that day comes that he's ready to okay. we'll, we'll we'll figure it out good um so, so with burbank um he told me to go to that it's a great place to get feedback yeah. from professionals. Yeah. He's like, you'd be surprised how many people come to this. And then don't, like, they get kind of, like, fussy because we give them any kind of criticism. No, that's the And it's the like, point. why are you here? Yeah. And, and I'm like, uh, duh. Like, I would want any, whether it be positive or negative, I want to hear what they I have to all say. Criticism. So I know where I need to improve. Yeah. And because that was my true goal is to be able to be told. This is what you have, but to get to where you need to be, this is what you need to do. Yeah. And I would love that because I'm kind of just sort of winging it right now because I, I don't have any actual education in storyboarding. In storyboarding, it's yeah. It's based off of my own interest yeah. and my own experience of making it up as I go and understanding what storyboarding is from just watching a video on it or watching the behind the scenes on DVDs. What um is this something that you would be interested? Is this something that you love enough that you would go back to school for? Because I, I feel like that is like a very easy way to continue setting yourself apart from other artists is having the actual like go back to school and have the actual work behind it. Is that something you've thought about? Um, I have thought about it. Um, part of me wanted to at least give it a an honest shot at making things work with what I already had. Yeah. I have a bachelor's 
sure. um, degree. And I don't know, like, I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure that having a graduate degree or a secondary degree yeah. um, would definitely open more doors for me. Totally. But I wanted to be, I wanted to get a, an honest sense of what doors I could open with what I already had. Okay. Without well, going into school and paying money to get more education without actually getting more experience. Totally you know what get I mean? that. Let's let's transition into what you're currently doing. Are you, are you working on any projects that uh, you'll be able to show people who are listening right now in the future, hopefully? Um, well, I guess the most consistent, solid, linear project I'm uh-huh. working on right now is the... Hmm, here's a nice segue for you. I'm my D&D character. Not my currently... The, not a character I'm currently actively playing as, but one that I have set up for the next campaign I join, or if, if ever come a time where my current character is no longer able to continue. Um, I have a pirate character that I've sort of out of the blue made up based off of a sit-in I had with a different D&D group. Yeah. Uh, I did a sketch of this pirate girl, and okay. the next thing I know, she's... Uh, Falling out of you like art. She started becoming more and more tangible as as an actual character with a backstory and references. Yeah, see, and I mean, we're going all the way back to where we started, but that's the coolest thing to me mm-hmm. about art is the ability to have that idea in your head and watch it turn into something. For sure. Um, so as I've, with you, okay. texted out a storyline, just in text, yeah. of Lily... Black Lily Pirates. Um, and now that I had this text written down of something that I came up with in words, which yeah. I, I'm more of an artist than a writer, but I do have some writing abilities, I suppose. And we're looking at it going, oh, I, I have a visual already that I put into words. Yeah. Now I'm going to take that visual now and it's try easy, to put it into now I can image. storyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I've been, you know, I'm trying to stick with the storyboards of consistent little rectangles versus varying sized frames kind of like yeah because kind of like a graphic novel yeah um i'm trying to gear myself because a lot of my sketches will turn out being graphic novel in layout just because it's an easier way to tell a story i mean this photo might be this image might be smaller the next one might be big this one might be a, a circle just the way it gets framed um so i'm trying to stay consistent with a nice rectangular horizontal layout layout i get that so let's um before we dive too much into a character that (laughs) uh most people aren't going to be able to to see or interact with let's jump back a little bit into the D &D side so we one of the things that you introduced me to and i talked about this earlier was D D. so where how did you get introduced to it because if you were my introduction to D D, who was yours um so back when i i went to i went to central michigan and uh-huh. i lived in mount pleasant yeah um i moved back home for a time Boo. i'm sorry come what's on. it come on no okay i was um, i was born I moved at central back for a time uh to, to back to detroit then after some time i went back to mount pleasant uh-huh. and while i was living there friends of mine who were still living in mount pleasant yeah um interruption Another interruption? All right, another. Oh, we got a phone call. All right, all right. We will pour some shots and we'll be right back. 
And we're back. We uh, decided to spare you from listening to us gag on that last shot of Fernet. Who knows? We'll probably do it again shortly. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we were talking about D&D. We, um, it's so funny that I kind of come back to a break, even though everyone who's listening to this is listening to it all at once. Most likely. So you all know what we were just talking about, but for a yeah. uh, reminder, refresher for us, um, we were talking about D&D. We are talking about how we got started. We are talking about how she went to a crappy school named Central, and she should have gone yeah, to Western because yeah. it's a better school. No, I'm kidding. I was actually born at Central, so... I can't make too much fun of it without making fun of myself. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> that aside. All right. So I was actually in my last semester of college. Uh-huh. Uh, I did go back to Mount Pleasant later. but What, I really quick, to... what what type of college student were you? I'm going to guess band nerd, but I only say that as a guess because I know it's accurate. Uh, college what? <laughs> I said, oh, what, what type of college student were you? Oh, student. And I said, I'm guessing band nerd, but um, I'm only guessing that because close, I know that that's closer actually. Closer to band nerd? Um, I would say that in my college career, any of the kind of closer long-term relationships I've made with people as far as friendships went was with band, marching band people. Sure. Not even within my own major. I didn't really make many friends in the art, art, art department. (coughs) There were a few people that I saw in multiple classes and it's like, hey, how's it going? But... Nobody ever talked to beyond class time. Yeah. Um, marching band happened, and some one of my best friends I met in marching band, um, albeit a different section than my own. I didn't really make any long-lasting friends within my own section. What instrument did you play? I played mellophone. What the 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 mellophone? Mellophone, and it's no one ever knows what it is. Giant Bob Ross afro. <laughs> And no. squirrels shoot out of it, and it's just super cool. Well, nice and mellow. it is super cool. <laughs> um, All right, what what so is a mellophone for everyone else out there? To to give you context, mm-hmm. there are certain instruments that the way it's shaped don't project sound forward. Okay. A French horn projects sound backwards. Yeah. The way you hold it, the music, the sound is actually coming out the back of the instrument yeah. towards you know, past yeah. behind you, not towards the audience. So in marching band, a mellophone is a trumpet, or a, mel- um, a French horn variant, essentially, uh, that faces forward. So it looks like a trumpet, but a little more bulky than a trumpet. And it faces forward, but it's in the key and has the sound of a French horn. Okay, so a... For lack of a better term, it is a marching French horn. Exactly. Cool. Mellophone. Um, that's that's a great way to describe it. Um, Mellophone. I like in that. In a similar reference, you all know what a sousaphone is. I, I would assume most of you would know what a sousaphone well, is. Never assume. It is. Never assume. <laughs> if you are familiar with the tuba that wraps around the whole body and the yeah. person is it's surrounded by this. Instrument. Anyone who's ever watched uh, Family Guy or any cartoon <laughs> ever. Yeah. Well, there's that. Um, <laughs> it's... Essentially, it's a tuba, yeah. You yeah. think it's a tuba. Uh-huh. Well, a sousaphone is a marching tuba. Okay. Because the normal concert tuba, Very and heavy. I'm not a music major, so I don't know if I'm using the terms properly. No, that's okay. A regular tuba sits on your, your knee or, or whatever and yeah. points upwards. Really? Where you have your three, oh, yeah, your three buttons yeah. and it, it goes up. Yeah, yes. Um, And that's a tuba. So a tuba to face forward, not up. For the sake of a marching band, sousaphone. that's a sousaphone. So 
there's a few other examples where you can 100 percent make all this up and i would not be able to uh no, everyone out there would just it. be screaming. They'd be like, no, that's wrong. This and I'd be like, my understanding. I mean, all right, right, cool. Um, that there's mul- a few examples of an instrument that's been reshaped to face forward versus yeah. its natural facing. Uh, my I, I played French horn in high school as well. So to, to see this transition of it's still a French horn, but it looks different. But not. But it's not. But it is. But it's not. My. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> I played alto sax mm-hmm. a, from, what, third grade all the way through high school. And it was a blast, don't get me wrong, but my favorite moment uh, of um, playing the saxophone came years later uh, when I was on the phone with Kenny G for a project I was working on, Come on no at uh, Zappos. And I was able to... Who actually uh, knows Kenny G? I do. He does. I oh do. Oh my gosh, guys. He knows Kenny G. <laughs> uh, I have his this? phone number. He gave me a jingle. Oh my God. I'm a cell. It was weird. Um, so the, the how that happened. He has an incredible Twitter. And I know I've told this story before. But I'm going to tell it again because it's such a good story. Um, so he has an incredible Twitter following. And an incredible Twitter presence. And Would when I... Guessed. Yeah, I know, right? When I ran um, Zappos' Twitter... And we had 2.4 million followers and all that good stuff. They, uh, I retweeted one of his tweets because it was just, it was too good. And I said, if you're not following, you know, Kenny G, you should be. As like a, you know, fun moment of the day. And he ended up uh, (laughs) retweeting that and then reaching out. And lo and behold, the next day we were on the phone. Holy cow. And I brought up my alto sax abilities and how they were just as good as his. Oh, really? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I can still play Careless Whisper, though. So, win. Yeah, anyway. It's a <laughs> marching band. I was a marching band student, even though I wasn't a music major. You know, a lot of people... Oh, look at that. Oh, I like what you did there. I uh, I finished my scenescape. Yeah, I'm so working on talking. Mine. No, no. Keep working. But this will be an interesting transition from mine to his, as far as not style sure, goes. Not sure if this will work, but we'll... That'll be the the cover photo for this episode. Look for it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I was I was uh you know the whole college party that you think of like the cliche, yeah. wild crazy red solo cups everywhere. Oh yeah. Antics. Um. I've never gone to any of those kinds of parties. That makes me so sad. And it's I think it's more of a sorority fraternity type experience. Yeah. I would, I would guess. Um. That. And with Mount Pleasant, all of the sorority homes were, like, downtown area. And I was way out in the outskirts of campus So when I was in an apartment. So I was not involved in that kind of circle at all. Okay. Any of the friends I had, which wasn't right away. I didn't really have any good friends until maybe into my sophomore year of college. Yeah. They weren't that kind of group anyway. So not until... I don't know, maybe might have been not until after I was done with college that I actually got to go to a, po- a party that felt like a college party. Oh, man. As it you typically oh, actually was populated by mostly band students, so it wasn't so much to where I was like, this is out of hand, and I feel like the cops are going to be called any moment kind of party. But it was one where it was like you're just having a good time with people who aren't, you know... Being dumb. It, they weren't drinking just to get wasted, but they were drinking because they were having a good time. Um, 
And that was unfortunately cut short because I did have to work early the next morning, so I couldn't stay very uh, long. Oh, that's the worst. And also, you just did the worst thing in the world by telling me that you've never been to a real college party. <laughs> that, oh, oh boy. We're going to take you to an actual college party. For those I who, I'm, uh, I'm going to one now for like those older. who don't know, I am currently living in Ann Arbor, uh, which is the hometown of the U of M Wolverines. Yes, the it is. Weirdest non college like group of college kids I've ever met. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. Non college like college students? I, it, it, it almost feels. Like, they're actively pretending not to be in college <laughs> and pretending to be in college at the same time. It's such a weird dynamic, this city. I, uh, I've never been to a city where so many people identify themselves based on a college they never went to. That is ridiculous to me, to be that supportive of a school you never went to. You, you never went to. It, it, like, I don't get just it. because you live here. Does not mean you need to wear blue and gold or maize and blue. Maybe and, I do on game days because I work downtown. Maybe. You're part of that problem. Yeah, I don't... You keep all those sporting, very specific one-team-only sporting goods stores open. No, Come I don't on, buy Joe. anything. I have, like, a navy button-up shirt that I have anyway. That's a little better. And I, I wear... Oh, I'm wearing navy today because it's sort of close. I don't wear much yellow It's not much maize. I, I own a lot more maroon that's not related to my school. I have a like a lot of dark red shirts. Oh yeah. Um that are just nice dress shirts. Besides anyway. we we only like to wear Hawaii blue. Honolulu blue. Honolulu blue. <laughs> oh, I knew it was a Hawaii blue. As, as you may not know, um here Detroit in Lions. Detroit Lions here in Michigan and uh I am and have always been a Lions fan. Honolulu blue and silver. Yeah. With, you know, Throw some, in some white, black, some black, some white, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's the the Honolulu blue. Anyways, okay, we're totally we're totally <laughs> getting off subject. College parties. Um, college um, parties. I'm gonna take you to one. Easy, what squeezy, kind of done. Student I was. Uh, yeah. So I I, I want to talk about D and D. We've already been going for about an hour and fifty minutes, so we're not gonna go too much longer. All right. Because if we talk about D and D, could literally go another hour and fifty minutes before oh, we sure. even scratch the surface. Sure. So let's do. Let's do this. Keep your brain in D and D. Okay. I'm gonna say a word. Okay. And only answering within the realm of a D and D response. Okay. 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 So I'll say wand, and you'll say one, like one or two word answers. Uh. I'll say wand, and you'll say trouble. Yeah, unpredictability is what I would say. There you go. Um. Two wands I've encountered would not. Resulting the way I expected them to. Okay. Let's say, uh, let's say die. Die could be either what my character does if I've gotten beat up too much or what I roll to determine how First one well that comes to your head. First one that comes to your head. Um, Rapid fire. Die being uh, die, what first happened word. to my character just recently. That's way more than one word. Death by vampire. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Way better. Yeah, that was a quite an interesting story. One of the things I haven't talked to him about it yet, but our our dungeon master Julian will absolutely be a guest on this show. Get that guy on here. Oh he yeah, it'll be, be hilarious. Oh man, Voice, just voices alone. One of the things that DMs need to do is play all of the extra characters that aren't be aren't. Oh, my desk is making the weirdest noises. Sorry, everybody. Um, DM needs to play, Dungeon Master needs to play all the characters that aren't being played. 
And the best way to do that is with different voices. And our Dungeon Master Julian is great at voices. Yeah, he did take a little bit of voice acting class. Yeah. I don't know how much he pursued it, but I've just been very pleased with the range he's been able to give us. And being able to recognize a character based off of them saying hello in yeah. their given accent Super and helpful. knowing who it is we're talking yeah. to without him saying so, yeah, which is very cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, it, it takes a little bit of brain power. And, like, when I write notes, they are very specific to, like, the accent, so I can try to tie them in. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, because, you know, D&D is 99% in your own brain. Yeah, and there's a lot of work that I, I give a lot of credit to Julian for coming up yeah. with all that stuff he does because you never know which way the characters are, are your your players are going to take it they you might have this whole road set up for them to go down and they decide to go this way instead so you gotta go roll with it but you have all these names names of cities yeah and, that you need to keep in mind and, and the governments to... that run them and and potential terrorist threats that are out there it's and bonkers and i have to say i believe that um I'm going to just apologize while I have the mic and I have the number two offender of this. Um, but I want to apologize to our Dungeon Master Julian for um, regularly seeing where you want us to go and actively not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a ton of times with, and for those who don't play D&D... The dungeon master dictates what's happening around you. They dictate the story. Uh, they do not dictate your reactions. And they do not dictate what you do. So they have to, like you were just saying, have to work on the fly to react to blank. And there have been many times where our uh, DM has been like leading us down a very specific path. And Joe or I, or sometimes it's a tag team effort, uh, will derail an entire story with one getting hung, hung up on one idea that like just doesn't quite match with what our characters would do. I, I, I think, uh, I've seen you get more into it and, and I myself have dug more into it, but it's interesting, like getting into the character and then separating your personal knowledge for what your character would know and what your character would do. Right. And that's something that even I, like, I'm not a very experienced player. I played briefly in 2000. 12 in Pathfinder. Yeah. But then I had some friends who were like, it's very similar to Pathfinder. This is D&D. &D. And I yeah. said, okay. And I did a one-off where the character was already built for me and I just did yeah. a one-time play. Yeah. Uh, and then, so only now, since this last December yeah. of 2017, was I like regularly playing a character that I oh, you, made up okay. off the scratch. Yeah. So I still struggle with you know, I have to remind myself, like, what would my character do? Not yeah. what would I do? Because my character has a lot more freedom than what Joe would be able to do in the in situation. Yeah, you, um, my, my favorite thing, and maybe one day once I've played long enough, I'll do a whole episode on this. <laughs> but my favorite thing that you do is you ask questions in a way that, like, I can never tell. Are you Joe asking or is Ruby asking? Because you're phrasing them in, in a way... That if we were in like the real world and like you were Ruby, I would just be like, this person's stupid. They're just like, <laughs> but can you tell me about the door? And I was just like, is Ruby asking a dumb question about the door? Or is Joe? And, yeah. and I totally get it because there are times where I'm just like, maybe that is a thing. And Josh like jumps out of my character's name as Asmodian. 
And there are times where like Josh jumps out and is just like, but whoa, whoa, wait, really quick. Tell me about that. And he'd be like, does Asmodian want to know? I'd be like, well, Asmodian wouldn't care. So no. Yeah. And there are sometimes, and I'll be totally honest, I live for it now because I see how easy it is to do to you. Yeah. But there are some times where um, Joe as a person and her character Ruby wouldn't always like my character Asmodian <laughs> just because he's a little bit so he's a rogue he's very he brash. is a tiefling rogue and it's like basically um a tiefling is part demon part human and a rogue is someone who's just does whatever they want for them yeah it's it's all about self-benefit yeah and he has a reason to have a team and be with other people but um there are some times where i'll say something and i will see joe the person get offended and i'll have to be like I, we're playing a game come yeah, on come I, on like I, I joe to, like, roll with joe it, but <laughs> I, I i kind of have to balance out like is this actually something I, that's going to be causing obstacles for us because his character is speaking the way he's speaking so yeah totally so so you're gonna have to balance it out you as modian josh's character you need to shut up because we're trying to get this done and your little outbursts are making it harder for us to talk to come on ruby tell me not joe right when we start at 6 30 from 6 30 to 10 30 i am a totally different person i'm a totally different character and i've put my brain in there so if you want asmodian to shut up Ruby's got to tell him. Right. Joe's not going to listen. But is Ruby somebody, well, aside from her being small physically, I always have to remind myself that she did not necessarily set out on an adventure. No, she just she fell just into one. woke up from an unconscious haze yeah. and found herself in this situation yeah. and is trying to just roll with it. No. I... She didn't necessarily just want to go home. But she didn't really want to be in this situation in the first place either. So, she- guys, this is the beginning of a DM campaign or a D&D campaign that's been going on since January. We could literally not stop talking about this until it was dark. Um, <laughs> but, Joe, you know, for the sake of our listeners, sure, we are two hours in, and I'm going to cut it here okay. because we have so much more to talk about. Hmm. And I feel like the more I dig You'll into this D&D, back, oh sure. yeah. We'll, we'll have an episode. I, I would love to do an episode where um, it's you and myself and Julian and another player, Bob and Brug and Anna, everybody, because I have a omnidirectional <laughs> mic. Yeah, Zach. It's I was very easy to say the character's name yeah. instead of the actual, instead person's, of the actual person's name. name. I find myself interchanging a lot. For the first three weeks we played D&D, I didn't know anybody's name. That's the fun I, of it. I, I literally would like hang out with these people for six hours at a time, and, and I would not know their name outside their character. And keep in mind, when I started to play with Julian, this was I've never met any of these people before. Yeah. I put my name up on a board yeah. in a game shop saying, I want to play. I need people to find to play with. Yeah. And he, he texted me, and I have no idea who this person is, and we met up and we started playing. So when I brought Josh in, I only knew them a little bit better than he did so it, it it's been makes, wonderful it makes for a very interesting bob zach julian social. anna wit has been great mm-hmm. and i cannot wait to have all of us not even doing a D episode although that could be fun to do like one episode where it's just a four hour long adventure yeah I, I, just, I don't know too many of these people outside of D, like just because of availability yeah. and legal age uh to go out to a bar afterwards you know 
we haven't really had much time to just hang out on our own as people, yeah. not as our characters. Uh, so it, it's kind of interesting. I've always been kind of wanting to. It'd be very to fun to a do gathering. a full episode where we just bring a microphone, put it in the middle of the table, <laughs> and then yeah, have a conversation, I'm, I'm a lead totally conversation. For that. Good. Okay. <laughs> done. That's gonna be what's next. Well, everybody, thank We're you so much. For you, put your hands together, wherever you are in the world, for the wonderful, the talented. And the soon-to-be-featured on all the credits list of all things Pixar, yes. Joe Waisaki. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Thank you so much for coming in. Let's finish off with this rest of this shot that we didn't finish. All right, yep. Cheers. Cheers. And I'll try to say my sign-off through Fernet Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, every time. I love you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ouch. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is right there. I'll talk to you guys later. (laughs)